All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 52. Before I dive into today's show, I wanted to take a minute to thank each and every one of you for finding the show and listening. It isn't easy to put out a podcast every week. However, I can confidently say that I now have more people listening to my show than just my mom. So if you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to help people find the show, and it's always much appreciated. I love reading the reviews. So we all connect with our past through food. And I've mentioned this many, many times over the past few weeks. All of us have favorite memories growing up where food is involved. I have many, many memories of food, and it seems like I categorize a lot of my memories based on some form of food. So I'm going to share those memories more and more from time to time, but I want to give each of you listening that same opportunity to share a favorite memory. So if you have a memory about food that helps you connect with your past, email me at toastykettle at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on the show to talk about it or simply to read your story on the show. And speaking of memories, today I'm going to talk about pancakes and their history. And it's hard for me to sit down to talk about pancakes or to think about pancakes or eat pancakes without thinking of my grandpa. My grandpa lives in southern Utah out in the country, and when I visit him, I can always see the stars in ways you simply can't experience in the city. And the air is always damp with that earthy smell from surrounding farms but it's still a breath of fresh air compared to the exhaust-filled city air uh, where I live. I've been visiting my grandparents in southern Utah as long as I can remember. My grandpa was always taking us on adventures. Growing up, my brother and I would go down for a couple weeks each summer, and we'd fish and explore the outdoors. No rules. The world was our playground. Now, if we're going to play all day and we're going to be out fishing all day, you got to have proper fuel. So each morning before a fishing trip, Grandpa would make breakfast. And these breakfasts are legendary in the family. Pancakes, over-easy eggs, bacon, sausage, milk. And I remember my grandma would microwave the syrup so it would be nice and warm. And that was always a simple touch that seemed to really elevate the syrup. I remember often staying up late to look at the stars and talk with Grandma and Grandpa, only to be awakened early by Grandpa clanking pans in the kitchen as he worked on breakfast. And I could smell the bacon in the air. And I knew then that we were going to have an awesome day because we were starting it off right. We were together. 
around a fantastic meal, swapping stories, and getting ready for an awesome adventure. Now for today's show. So we've all been there before, sitting in front of a stack of warm, sticky, fluffy pancakes. And I don't know about you, but anytime I sit down to eat pancakes, it doesn't matter how careful I am. I get syrup all over my fingers. I'm a sticky mess. I'm worse than a five-year-old. I I went to Denny's this uh, past week with my son, and he thought it was so funny. He ordered pancakes with a side of pancakes. That's right, folks. On the menu at Denny's, you can order pancakes for your kids, and as a side, you can order more pancakes. And of course, I left feeling sticky and gross because that's how I always feel after eating pancakes. Just super sticky. Though the ingredients are simple, have any of us really stopped to ask, what are pancakes made of? Now, of course, we know they contain flour, milk, butter, salt, and baking soda, baking powder. That's not what I'm getting at here. I'm getting at what really goes into the history that has made pancakes what they are today. And pancakes have been made for a long, long time. Scientists have been studying 30,000-year-old grinding tools that they believe cooks used in the Stone Age to grind cattails and ferns to make a type of flour. And they believe that this flour was mixed with water and cooked on a hot, greased rock. So naturally, this is a mile away from the sophisticated crepes and pancakes we enjoy today. However, the principle is still the same. A batter was made and then it was fried for consumption. Have you ever heard of Otzi the Iceman? Uh, His remains were discovered in the Italian Alps in 1991, and the contents of his stomach provided a tremendous amount of knowledge of what was actually eaten 5,300 years ago. They found deer meat and goat. They also discovered ground wheat and bits of charcoal, and that suggests that the wheat was made in the form of a cake and cooked over a fire. Stone Age assumptions are great, but what about references to pancakes in writing? For that, we can turn to ancient Greece. The 5th century poets, Cratinus and Magnus, spoke about, and I'm going to slaughter this like I do every time, Taginites or Taginites in their writings. And these were pancakes made from wheat flour, olive oil, honey, and curdled milk. And they ate these as breakfast foods. That doesn't sound super far off from a solid buttermilk pancake we might eat today. And then naturally in my research, a lot of places are saying that the Romans were the ones that first came up with the pancake. Um, But theirs happened in the first century AD, and the Greeks, that was fifth century BC when that was uh, written about. So the earliest reference to pancakes in English literature and English writing came about in the 15th century. So these things have been around for a long, long time. 
Pancakes in that time period in England were often eaten on Shrove Tuesday. And it was also a great way to use up eggs, milk, and animal fat before Lent when meat and meat products were forbidden. And I have more on that later. So we're going to talk all about Shrove Tuesday and Lent and how it relates to pancakes. It's kind of interesting. So pancakes eventually made their way to America like everything else. American Cookery was a cookbook published in 1796. It's widely believed to be the first all-American cookbook. It contains two recipes for pancakes. The first for a johnny cake or a hoe cake, and that called for milk, cornmeal, and molasses. Then you fry up the batter like a pancake we would eat today. And the other was for an Indian slapjack, which calls for eggs and leaves out the molasses. Now, several months ago, I posted an article comparing cornmeal griddle cakes from, I believe it was 1917 cookbook with a buttermilk recipe that I have from 1950s. And the buttermilk recipe is amazing. And I'm going to make sure I share that in the show notes. So check it out. You'll love it. And uh, it's it's interesting the the cornmeal the cornmeal griddle cakes that I made in that article sound like a blend between these two Johnny Cake and Indian Slapjacks, where it has eggs and molasses, but also a leavening agent, the baking powder in there as well, and it's an interesting texture and flavor in that type of a pancake. I'm not a huge fan of molasses. And so that might have been something that threw it off for me. But overall, it was, you know, it was pretty good. It was, it was pancake. And uh, it was interesting to have that taste of the past and how those might have been eaten and made back in the day. So now it's time for a geography lesson. We've spoken about the history of pancakes. So bear with me. I promise this relates There's a phrase you may all be familiar with, and that is that something is as flat as a pancake. And this phrase has been around since 1611. It's a phrase that's often been used to describe Kansas. Kansas is as flat as a pancake. If you've ever driven across Kansas, you might share that opinion. In 2003, there were three geographers that set out to determine if Kansas was really as flat as a pancake. They purchased a standard pancake from a local IHOP and got to work. They used digital image processing and microscopes to get a good topographic profile of the pancake, and then they compared that with data from the United States Geological Survey. Now, mathematically, tabletop flatness is represented with a value of one. When they did their study, they showed that Kansas had a value of 0.9997, so almost perfectly horizontal. The pancake scored 0.957. So this means that the correct phrase to describe Kansas is that Kansas is actually flatter than a pancake. However, it doesn't stop there. In 2018, three geographers from Kansas set out to defend their state. Following that same methodology, they proved that when it comes to flat, nothing 
beats Florida. Florida is the flattest state in the union. In fact, Illinois, North Dakota, Louisiana, Minnesota, and Delaware are all flatter than Kansas. And in case you're wondering, the least pancake-like states are Wyoming, West Virginia, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So there you go. Um, Now you have to say, instead of saying Kansas is as flat as a pancake, you have to say Kansas is flatter than a pancake. Naturally, when most people think of pancakes, they have that iconic image in their mind of a steaming stack of carbs with a thick pat of butter and oozing that sticky sweet syrup. Remember, pancakes have been around for a long, long time. And because of this, almost every culture throughout the world has some form of a pancake, some form of a flatbread or batter that they fry and cook and eat use in a variety of different applications. So of course, no podcasts on pancakes would be complete without talking about some of these. Uh, Today, I'm going to focus on crepes and also a creation out of Japan because I think it's incredible. Crepes are big throughout much of Europe. When they think pancake, they are thinking about crepes. And these are those classic thin pancakes made from flour, milk, and eggs. When I think of crepes, I think of a sweet variety with berries or Nutella or chocolate sauce. However, there's a whole savory side to crepes that I didn't know existed until I was actually living in Europe. I had ham and cheese crepes often that were absolutely amazing. And the craziest crepe mill that I've ever had was a lasagna that used crepes instead of noodles. It was very creative and it was very tasty. Now for Japan. Of course, Japan may take the cake or pancake for the most interesting pancakes. Leave it to Japan to iterate and perfect on the pancake concept. They have created a souffle style pancake And these are based on American pancakes. However, they're super tall, super light, and super fluffy. And pictures of these things just look incredible. So what's the craziest pancake variation you've seen? I'd love to hear about it. So now I'm going to talk about Pancake Day and some interesting activities that I didn't even know existed. And this is why I love doing this show. I learn something new each week. Pancakes are, again, going back to earlier in the show, we're going to talk about Shrove Tuesday. Pancakes are traditionally eaten on Shrove Tuesday. And this is known as Pancake Day in Canada, the United Kingdom, Ireland, New Zealand, and Australia. And it's known as Pancake Tuesday in Scotland and in Ireland as well. Shrove Tuesday is known in the U.S. and France as Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. Pancakes were historically made on Shrove Tuesday, and is where this tradition comes from, because households needed to use the last of their lard or fat or eggs before Lent. No animal products could be eaten during Lent. There's a traditional pancake race that takes place on Pancake Day. In this race, participants carry a frying pan 
and a pancake. Runners must toss and catch the pancake in the frying pan as they run the race. This activity is said to have originated in Olney, England in 1445, when a housewife was busy making pancakes before Lent. She heard the bells of St. Peter and St. Paul's Church calling everyone to the shriving service, and this housewife was in a hurry to get to church for the service and not be late. So she ran out the door, still wearing her apron and carrying her frying pan, and as she was she was running, she flipped the pancake in the pan to keep the pancake from burning. Every Shrove Tuesday since 1950, they have had participants from only England and liberal Kansas, of all places, take part in an international pancake race. Only local women can participate in the official race. Times are compared to find an international winner. In only, they have unofficial races as well for men and kids to participate in. So now it's time for some quick facts before we end the show today. Pancake syndrome is a real thing, and it isn't what you might think of when you think of pancake syndrome. When I think of pancake syndrome, I think of that food coma you get after you consume a large quantity of pancakes. However, in tropical tropical climates, there is actually a mite that gets into the flour. That flour is then used to make things like pancakes. And when people eat the pancakes and other foods cooked with contaminated flour, it can cause a severe allergic reaction. William Shakespeare liked pancakes and often mentioned them in his plays. I haven't read a lot of Shakespeare in my life, so someone will have to fact check that for me. Maple syrup was originally a sweet drink, which was discovered by the Algonquin Indians. Can you say sugar rush? Love it. The first ready mixed food, which was sold commercially, was Aunt Jemima pancake flour, and that was invented in 1889 in St. Joseph, Missouri. The record for the highest pancake toss is 31 feet 1 inches or 9.47 meters, however you like to measure distance, and it was done in New York in 2010. The biggest pancake in the world weighed 6,614 pounds and was over 49 feet in diameter. It had an estimated 2 million calories. That's a sugar rush. (laughs) The Guinness World Record for most pancakes served in eight hours by a team is 34,818 pancakes. Uh, That's insane. (laughs) And uh, the world's most expensive pancakes are made by the Radisson Blue Edwardian Hotel's five-star Opus restaurant. Their pancakes have pink champagne, lobster, truffles, and caviar, The dish costs $1,166 per serving, and to be honest, it doesn't sound that appetizing. So save your money and uh, go to IHOP. (laughs) In Sweden, you can order blod platter, which are pancakes made of pork blood. In the United States, Southerners eat the most pancakes, accounting for 32.5% of the pancake consumption in the country. January 28th is National Blueberry Pancake Day, and the French 
naturally, the French are such romantics. It's common in France to touch the handle of the frying pan and make a wish while the pancake is turning, holding a coin in one hand while you flip the pancake, the crepe, with the other. I love that one. So, I talked about this buttermilk pancake recipe. I made it with my wife for a family reunion breakfast we had to do. Everyone loved them. I think it's a great recipe. My son always loves it when I make it. So in my quest for cooking vintage recipes, my grandma sent me a cookbook from the 60s that she had lying around. And inside the cookbook was a recipe for buttermilk pancakes. And as I mentioned, my son and I, we can't get enough of these things. They're light, they're fluffy, super tender. Make sure you check the show notes for the recipe and a link to the article at toastykettle.com. Again, if you like what you heard about pancakes today, make sure you leave a five-star review and tell a friend. It's really going to help grow the show, and I super appreciate it. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Toasty Kettle. And as always, you can check me out at ToastyKettle.com where I have recipes and show notes from these podcast episodes. Sign up for a newsletter and get a free vintage cookbook. So great content over there. Until next week.